now, I remember seeing the uh, the, the MacGruber uh, film and thought it was tremendously funny. And and Thank uh, you. but, but did, did the show was not a mainstream success, was it? No, it 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 was uh, it did not do very well at the box office. Yeah. We were very proud of it, but uh, yeah, it, it just didn't, people didn't go see it. Yeah, uh, but. Did, <laughs> But did, did it, uh, like in the, the DVD and other formats, other venues, did it do pretty well? It's like one of those. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, 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 I hope that people will get to mm -hmm. see it because we are fiercely proud of that right. movie. Did we you make love any it. dough on the deal? Oh, no. <laughs> I made like 12,000 bucks. Now, listen, uh, this movie, Nebraska. I'm not joking. I made $12,000. I know. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not my problem, Will. <laughs> did you have trouble getting your checks when you worked here? No. <laughs> no. Uh, so now you're in uh, Nebraska, and, yes. and what I'm thinking is, and by the way, what a lovely piece of work this oh, is. Oh, thank you very much. And, and uh, you do a great job in this, so now maybe when people will see this, it will revive a MacGruber. I don't know that people will necessarily make that connection, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm doing what I can here. No, I th thank you very much. <laughs> I, I would like to see a resurrection for MacGruber. <laughs> da, 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 da. Welcome in, ma'am fam, back into the Mad About Movies podcast. Kent Garrison here, your host, joined by co-hosts as always, Richard Barton, Brian Gill. So, And uh, this episode's seven years in the making, or ten years in the making, uh, depending on your perspective, however you want to look at it. Seven years for us. Pretty much since episode one of this podcast, we've been talking up MacGruber and, you know, preaching the gospel of MacGruber, if you will. And we are so pleased and happy to be joined by creator, star of MacGruber, writer, um, savant of MacGruber, Will Forte, joining the Mad About Movies podcast in honor of 10 years since MacGruber. Will, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for your support of of MacGruber. I, I really appreciate it. Of course, man. Of course. We've been, uh, sadly, you know, we've hosted MacGruber movie nights at the Alamo Draft House. We have been really pushing this for years. I mean, that was five, six years ago. Mm -hmm. I, you've been told a million times, we'll keep this from being a total love fest. But man, man, do we love that movie and, and, our, and our listeners and fans do too. So we're, thank you so much for, for taking time out of your day to join us. Oh my God. I, it, is, it is my pleasure. I, I, I appreciate you guys uh, appreciating it. Of course, of course. Well, Richard kind of alluded to it. Um, how we got started with this, Richard actually went and saw it in the theater back uh, in 2010. And literally ever since then, every person he's met, he's pretty much had to say, have you seen MacGruber? Like that's his pretty much his test for determining their level of senses of humor and things. And uh, he, I was one of the people that he actually brought onto the MacGruber train. And, you know, I've since been converting people. Pyramid scheme, Will, really. It's like Amway. You know, it, it pays its way up. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a gift that keeps on giving right. to our show. Once you get and, you a certain number of throat rips, you get to escalate <laughs> to the next level. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we get a lot of emails about people that have discovered MacGruber through the show and, and things like that. So, you know, every time there's MacGruber news, our Twitter mentions go crazy. And so I think we can call ourselves the official podcast of MacGruber. Is that okay? Can you anoint us that? Is there another <laughs> MacGruber cast? I don't know of any other official. Okay, cool. So, yeah. Good. Then the back tattoos were not in vain. Thank God. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so we 
funny story on, on so I, yeah, I saw in theater, it actually cost me a girlfriend. I think I, I took, you know, the wrong, you know, a girlfriend he shouldn't have ended up with. So it's fine. Will's wrestling a dog, I think, or he's running away. I, I scared him off. I'm back. There was this weird light on that was reflecting in the window and I couldn't truly kind of. <laughs> no, no problem. It no cost pro- girlfriend? Well, I mean, I just, it, you know, I went to, I wanted to go with a buddy and she was a very nice proper girl and she demanded that she would come. And I was like, well, I mean, I kind of knew what I was in for and she, you know, didn't enjoy it as much as me and that's fine. But right. in the ensuing months, I kept telling Brian, who's here, mm-hmm. uh, you got to see this movie, you got to see this movie. And when it came out on DVD, I was in grad school for a year and I, <laughs> the only window I had between classes to get the DVD to bring it over to Brian's to watch was right when Best Buy opened. So I, ha- I was the guy waiting outside Best Buy, really creepy. To the- he was very confused when I ran in there, was like in a hurry to get to class. Like, hey, do you have MacGruber? I need to buy it right now, you know? <laughs> uh, but not only did I see in theaters, I, I, you know, I was probably the first DVD purchase. So you can start that restraining order, order paperwork right up. By the way, this, this person, not, not that I'm, you know, you look at James Carville and Mary Madeline, certainly mm-hmm. are divisive uh, mm-hmm. things that come, come between people. Sure. Who, they can overcome them. So I think that there is, there could be a woman out there, if you're a MacGruber fan, that a woman who does not like MacGruber and you can still be with them. Or... A better story is I found a woman who loves MacGruber and we're happily married now. So, I mean, it all worked out great. See, that's it. That just yeah. accelerated the process. Exactly. So I'm happy to be the, the conduit uh, to, to your happiness. Thank it, you. It's very possible that I, that because of that, because of, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. your marriage. You should. And in the vows, I only mentioned that three or four times. So mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. <laughs> very happy for you i just got engaged myself so. congratulations Ooh. mazel tov my friend she's wonderful she she uh uh is great i think i that's always the weirdest thing is when you meet somebody the it's not even them watching mcgruber it's when their parents <laughs> yeah <laughs> if they, i can imagine if you can get past that point that's that's always a big deal <laughs> It's great, and, and that's good. That's good. Why? Yeah, we uh, we we've passed it on the mini, but we're excited. I mean, th- how cool is this for you? I would imagine. I mean, not that many movies per year get the kind of ten year treatment. You know, you've had a bunch of stories on the web this week, and this stupid podcast, and I'm sure others. That's got to be such a gratifying feeling. It's it's really nice. I mean, it's it's you know we we always were proud of the movie, and we. We loved it, but but certainly it's really hard when you when you go through that experience of 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 it just being a complete failure at the box office. It, it really causes you to to question things, and and at the at the end of it, Yorma, John, and I all decided, you know what, fuck it, yeah, it did not do well at the box office, but but we're still proud of it. It's, you know, so it's it's it was kind of nice when. A little bit at a time, you would hear that people after it had left the box office had had found it, you mm-hmm. know, in, in various uh, avenues. And, and uh, it, yeah, it's it's really it's really very nice because it it uh, I don't know it's just uh, we didn't care about it not making money. It was yeah. just that represented people not seeing it. Sure, and 
always were like, oh, we're proud of this. We wish people would see it. So it feels like more people have seen it now, which was our ultimate goal. And 10 years later, the box office is out of business and you're on the Mad About Movies podcast. So it looks like <laughs> you, long game, dude. <laughs> so you really showed them. Exactly. Exactly. You know, speaking of that, we've always said on the show, you know, since the beginning, as soon as this thing hits Netflix, it's going to blow up. Everyone's going to be like, oh my God, why didn't, why didn't I see this back when it was in the theater? What's the story there? Why hasn't it really ever gone to streaming services? Has Universal like held on to it that long? They're waiting for Peacock. What's the background on why it hasn't hit the, the Netflix or anything like that? I don't know the answer to that. I, I don't search for it to watch it because I have <laughs> seen it so many times and, and every once in a while it'll be doesn't up. stop me. I, I was kind of surprised. I just felt like with pretty much, I thought the deal was, Oh, you can pretty much find every movie on streaming services, but definitely. Yeah. You can't find MacGruber sometimes. Although last night somebody did bring it up. We, we looked and you can, I saw it on Amazon prime. And I saw it on Hulu. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know who makes that uh, decision. I do know that there was a uh, one of the people who produced it, one of the companies went bankrupt, I think. So. Okay. So on the, with, the, with the kind of the aforementioned uh, Peacock show, it has, is, is that kind of ready to go into production? Is COVID kind of slowed that down? Or is that still, do you guys not really have a time frame on that because of everything? Well... We we don't even have the official green light yet. Gotcha. We're, we're it's 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 always been looking good, uh, but we're we're waiting just to to get an official green light. And then I I was kind of scared because it seemed like with with uh, with what happened with COVID, it just every everything became sure. in the air, um, and just who knows what is with anything. So, but it, it seems like that's not really going to affect it one Mm -hmm. way or the other, at least as of now. So we're still waiting and hearing, you know, potentially uh, positive things on the horizon, but, but until it's official, uh, I always know just to be be a little reserved and not, I don't want to celebrate early. So, but I, I think it's, I think it's going to happen. In fact, I was just on with, John and Yorma, we we uh, are doing rewrites on everything because we made our way through all eight episodes, and now we're going back through to to take some of wow. the things that we uh, laced into the last couple episodes and and, and uh, plug them into the beginning too. So it's it's uh, I I think I think you guys will enjoy it. It's we're happy with how it's turned out, and it's it's uh, you know very it's basically the exact tone of the movie. <laughs> Uh, everything just happens seven years after the end of the movie. Okay. Well, that's awesome. That's great. That's great to hear. We've been pushing for MacGruber in space for years, mm-hmm. um, but I think Tom Cruise is shooting his next movie in space. So that, you know, kind of takes the thunder out of that. The Maybe other, that paves the way though. Yeah, yeah, that's true for the third. Yeah. Is he actually shooting it in space or is that's that- the rumor that he, it's a space themed film. No one really knows for sure yet, but that will be the first film with space, with production in some sort of sphere of the planet. And of course it's him. That's amazing. Yeah. He, I, I heard, who the heck was it? I forget, but some, somebody who worked on the last Mission Impossible movie, which to me, I thought, I love all the Mission Impossibles, but that last one, mm-hmm. 
and all the helicopter stuff, which is so crazy. I always know that he does everything that he can in those movies, but this person said that he actually is the one flying the helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. It's, it's amazing. He's next. He's next level. Speaking of kind of action movies, random question pertaining to McGruber. Are you a fast and furious fan by chance? I, I bet I would be. I just haven't. Okay. No pressure. But if you ever make your way to fast eight, there is a dynamic between the rock and um, Scott Eastwood, Clint Eastwood's son. That is almost a shot for shot remake of you and Piper where you're, he's kind of, yeah, it's, it's almost like they're doing a bit. I would love to know if they were a fan. Of, I mean, it's, it's eerily similar with like the rookie stuff. I'm writing this down. I want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> We've been saying for years on the show that they just need to add McGruber to fast. Yeah. You know, yeah. it needs to be Vin Diesel, uh, the rock <laughs> Jason Statham and McGruber. Yeah. Not and, Will Forte. Yeah. He's, you do it as you're, like an Andy Kaufman. You're cast, you're cast as McGruber on the poster. <laughs> it's not like Will Forte. Well, I mean, look, the, the, the pipe, the me and Piper uh, stuff was, you know, we were just playing off all the old. Sure. You know, tropes. Somebody was asking the other day about, uh, I think it was more about the, 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 uh, face-to-face confrontations with cunts, whether that was uh, um, playing off of the Top Gun stuff. And, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, yes, to a, to a degree it is, sure, but that, sure. you know, that it's just like, there are so, so many wonderful movies with, with those shots of, you know, the real, real tense yeah. face-to-face uh, confrontations. And the ponytail and kind of mullet that you're both rocking helps with the, when you do the shoulder swag, the way they sort of sway is, is really <laughs> magnificent. Yes. Oh my God. The, the, uh, I just watched, I forget when the last time was, but it reminded me, brought up the ponytail. I just love that part at, toward the end of the movie when they chop off the back of my mullet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then Val holds it up. He's like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm MacGruber and he's holding up the hair back and it just looks exactly <laughs> his, his dumb little ponytail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love that. Kilmer is the best. Ken had a Kilmer question, I think for you. What's up? Uh, yeah. We, we, uh, we were recording a commentary track for our, our patrons, uh, the other night watching it and, who owns the painting that he paints of the naked old woman? Does somebody have that? Does Val have that in his house or something? Because <laughs> I know he paints like, or, or, you know, the one where he shoots the guy and the blood goes and he puts it in the foyer or whatever. Those got to exist somewhere, right? I would assume so. I don't have them. I, I don't know if John or Yorma do. I don't think Val does. Um, the stuff that I have, I have, I have a, uh, one outfit, you know, they give they have a bunch of different of your outfits, four versions of the same outfit. Uh, I have they gave me one of them and and the wig or one of the wigs. I Did you the, bury it in Pueblo, Colorado, in case you need it ever? Like you can. I, it's uh, in an undisclosed location. Yeah, good. In Pueblo, Colorado, <laughs> um, I have the the KFBR three nine two notebook. Nice. I have. Uh, uh, the Miata. Those are the, but those are the, you know, the yeah. book and the Miata are some, are the big, the big one. We all have a friend who's also a fan that has a MacGruber UTEP Jersey. He had, he had commissioned. 
which I think you need too. We might send that to you. Oh my God. <laughs> Speaking of the Miata, what was the decision? Was it a conscious one to have the luggage rack on the Miata? Cause that cracks me up every single time that he can, he can strap some luggage onto there if he ever needs to go on a long trip. There, that was, that just, whoever got the car, that was the only one they could find. <laughs> because I, no, we did not say it's got to have a luggage rack. Did they not all come with luggage racks? I've never seen one with a luggage, like literally I'm looking at one out my window. My neighbor has one and it doesn't have a luggage rack. So that always just cracks me up that it would be such a MacGruber thing to, to, in case you need luggage. I had a, uh, a girlfriend in college who had a, a red Miata. So, so actually, I think it was a red Miata. She definitely had a Miata. So that was, that was I think, why I, I must have pitched the Miata being his car just because it, it was, I don't know. Yeah. You and, and Yorma and John, John did such a great job. Like the writing is so specific, obviously, and that's a real testament to you guys. But I think you must have had a great crew on this, right? Because all the little kind of like background decisions and things like that, you were probably very involved with that. But things like, you know, Oglaga Drac on a Miata and things are so funny in this the more you watch it. It, I mean, the, everybody in the crew, it was such a wonderful group of people. And, and in fact, that was why right after the movie bombed, we, we didn't care. We were just like, we got to do something else with MacGruber because it was just such a wonderful group of people. But definitely Yorma uh, and and John, you know, I, the three of us together would, would really police all that stuff. And then there were just a million other awesome people working on the movie who everyone just shared a pretty common mindset and loved those old dumb 80s action movies. Glorious, gloriously dumb. Yeah, no, incredible. I'm just glorious. Yeah, I mean, uh, dumb is a spectrum, man. I don't know (laughs) what that means, but that's my other back tattoo. Uh, But yeah, yeah, it was, I mean, most of that stuff... uh, was you know we would we would think out uh, uh, in a in a major way and Brandon Tross the guy who was our DP was amazing too. Oh, it's so it, that's what you know. Kent and I used to do a thing very stupid. Uh, we went to high school together actually, and we were in a like a parody boy band, and we always had this. And McGruber really encapsulates this where they asked us to do this parody boy band for like a pep rally or something. We were like, this is funny if we're bad but it's 30 times funnier if we're good. So let's rehearse for like 30 days and really get this dance down because that's funnier. Right. And MacGruber is great for the same reason, right? Like if you're making a silly schlocky action parody, it's fun. It's still hilarious. But the thing that takes it to the next level, in my opinion, is like, it's actually a pretty effective action film, especially for the budget you guys had. Um, it just makes the comedy land so much higher and it's testament to all you guys. Oh man. Well, thank you very much for saying that. That's, that's, uh, that's a good point because I, you know, I can't put my finger on it, but I think that's, I think that's a good point. Like we did, we did want the action scenes to seem uh, legit. We, uh, so, so certainly, you know, there, there's, there were budgetary constraints. Sure. We would have wanted to, to inject even more action in there, but, but I think a lot of the budgetary uh, constraints made us, uh, make decisions uh, that led to to scenes that were maybe even better than the ones that we would have done had we not had budgetary constraints. Um, like for instance, there was the, the, uh, the scene that was 
when we get to the control room at the end with uh, at at Kunt's compound, mm-hmm. and uh, I rip out that guy's throat, and then and then call over the the loudspeaker for everybody to you know, we're we're in the control room, and they all come <laughs> racing, and then they they trigger the. Uh, it's Brian's favorite joke in the movie, right here. Is you're all wet. Is, you're all wet, and I'll be at the Pentagon. Kill me. <laughs> Every single time with, with the handwriting and the, the misspellings and stuff. I just think it's maybe the height of comedy. It kills me. You're all wet. That sequence would not have existed if we didn't have budgetary constraints because we, it was a much bigger action scene. It was probably just more, just all action, that part of it. And Instead, it still has, you know, some action to it, but that dumb payoff of the, you're all wet. And just, kind of perfectly magrubbery and and you know so we were we were blessed to have them shut us down and and in a way that you know if we get this peacock series going and get to uh do it you know i'm sure that some of the stuff that we'll be griping about in the beginning when we hear that we can't do it for you know financial reasons sure it's going to make it better and we'll find some dumb cheap cheap uh, replacement uh, that's that's great I, you want you when you guys go to peacock and, and become the flagship of that network which i have full faith that you will all i ask is that you demand a uh, a john bovey biopic next that's my, that's my other favorite love john bovey i love doing john bovey so much <laughs> it's it's so great because i have the easiest part in the world i just sit there with that huge mustache yeah. and smile and nod my head and Sudeikis does most of the talking, and then and then I love singing with that guy. That's, yeah. that's what we do. We do when we are with each other. Fifty you percent know, of the time, we're in a karaoke booth. That's 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 all. Yeah, that's that's a total aside. But I I love that thing so much, Brian. You had a couple of pretty cool questions here. I, I feel like I'm Bogart in here. So you guys you guys no, throw some no. stuff at will. You're the patron saint of McGruber, so I feel like it's uh it's okay for you to to dominate. It's good. Um, we talk all the time. You know the. I think one of the hallmarks of like a really funny script, a funny movie is the when the vocabulary of that movie kind of works its way into other people's vocabulary, some fans of the movies and whatnot. So like we joke around with each other all the time about uh, what we will say at each other's eulogies, uh, funerals and stuff. If we if we have to, that's all based on MacGruber. And and uh, and and, you know, I don't think I've ever I said this on our commentary. I don't think I've ever been to one of these two guys houses without coming out of the bathroom and saying, you know, MacGruber, your bathroom is disgusting. You know, it's just, it's become part of the, the lexicon of, of our relationships, I think. And not so just would, ours. We have a discord of a bunch of listeners of our show. Yeah, and I'm yeah. telling you, there is a MacGruber. And it's like uh, they, the shut your butt gif is a daily, <laughs> always, yeah. always on there. Yeah. So I wondered if there's a, if there's a particular joke or bit or whatever from the movie that, that still delights you and that, that's a favorite of yours, I guess. Is you bring up shut your butt? Is shut your butt? Is that something that everybody said as a kid, or just me and my sister? It is right. It's. I thought growing up, I thought I discovered the the term a hole. <laughs> so I don't know. Like shut your butt. I was. Oh, everybody must have said that, right? But shut your butt. That's a pretty. I don't know that I'd ever heard shut your butt. I certainly yeah. hadn't heard it in that with the tone and the mannerism. Yeah. Shut your butt. I mean, that's, that tells it even if, uh, if I had heard that. I, I certainly think of 
if someone says shut your butt, I will forever think of, of MacGruber. And yeah, you own it. that now. If there were any other memories of it, it's, it's out the door now. So My sister and I, growing up, the, our constant refrain, it was, it was whoever, one of us would say shut your butt, and the other would say, I can't, it has a permanent hole. <laughs> that, was, that was shut your butt. So we didn't, I was trying to get I can't, it has a permanent hole in there. But, uh, you got I like holes, so. Sorry, I, I derailed you. I, you're good. I just wondered if there's a if there's a bit or a line, something particular from that still sticks out to you as like a, a personal favorite. I think I think one of my favorite jokes, uh, and this was our buddy Chris McKenna. Uh, uh, we we were we're pretty happy with the script, and then we sent it to a bunch of our super funny friends, and then they they you know gave us a bunch of fun little extra jokes, and one of my favorites is one that came from that that round, which was the, uh, you know, if, if, uh, if ribbon throats, uh, oh, yeah. lives and I'll, I'll suck as many, ribbons. <laughs> you know, whatever that line is, that was a Chris McKenna special. And, uh, um, that's what usually jumps to mind, but I mean, there, you know, I just, we had so much fun doing this. I, you know, who's can, uh, you haven't, I want I feel like I'm cutting you off. You go ahead. I know you got something. Oh, go ahead. I'm sure it's on the same topic. Um, you know who's great in this? And, I, you know, I've read, obviously, all these things coming out the movie, and, and I, I would love to hear your thoughts. You know, uh, and all the all the kind of wrestler guys are, are hilarious in their kind of parts. But, man, Chris Jericho is legitimately a funny comedy actor. I, I, you know, it's surprising he didn't have more of a crossover career. You know what's really funny? We, we did uh, his podcast yesterday. Oh, wow. I'll have to listen. We were talking to him, and that exactly – uh, was something that came up and and he we didn't do a lot of improv in this movie because we really worked out the dialogue um just just to exactly how we wanted it and and for some reason in that scene most of the stuff was was written but then at the very end we just did a couple takes where we just kept going mm-hmm. stuff at the very end uh was stuff that was just from an improv. I think some of the funniest things in that scene in that were, were his improvs. Like it was, uh, that's why I, that's why I say them. That's why I listen. I listen with just him <laughs> bullshitting around. It was so funny, but yeah, he's great. Yeah. He's, I always say, you know, I'm never really, you know, these guys like Cena or the rock that like break through and become huge stars. I can't imagine really like better training, like for improv and stuff than like, having to kind of pull a show out of your butt every day in front of an arena full of people. Like those guys are studs. Fucking amazing. What they do. We got to, as part of the uh, promo for, for MacGruber, we got to be part of one of their, their raws. And, and so we're, we're in there and, and I just, I was so used to having stuff on cue cards. It had been so long since I had to, memorize something or remember what the hell I was going to say. And so they have these storylines and, and you hear what you're supposed to say, but you're supposed to do it out in this ring in front of, you know, however many yeah 30,000 people and, and with these gigantic people picking you up and it, it was, it was terrifying both mentally and physically, but yeah, I have so much respect for those guys. They're, they're, really nice guys too yeah. all of them were just incredibly 
sweet. In Kent's other life, he, he works in sports production. And one time he took me to uh, a wrestling event. And I, you know, I didn't really watch it since I was a kid. And my wife and I went with him. And Kent was like, watch, watch the, how detailed this production is like for a live show. I mean, Kent can speak to it better than me. But then the fact that they pick that up, throw it in a truck, and do it again two nights later is insane to me. I don't know how they do that. It's crazy. Wait, did they start it up again? Or are they? Uh, I, I think they're they, Sans fans. Doing it with, they've been doing it no fans in in um okay. in Florida, which is even yeah. more impressive to do that with no audience <laughs> at all. You know? Essential, yeah. And, I'm sure yeah. that's pretty difficult. There are gators in the crowd, but other than that, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you um, a little bit about the writing process. As you had mentioned, how fun it was to write this film with with Yorma and John. Did you go back and purposely watch a ton of movies and say, oh, let's parody this, let's parody this? Or was it y'all sitting in a room and just kind of stream of consciousness writing things that you had remembered? You know, um, how how easy was it for you to write this movie? Because it seems really natural and like all the bits kind of came to life in the moment. Well, I would say for, for most of that, um, it was it was a very fun writing process. We All three of us grew up on those wonderful 80s action movies. So we had such a love for them and, and already had a somewhat encyclopedic knowledge of them. So I think most of the time we wouldn't go back and watch them. I think the thing that would happen is it, we would be building off of our memories, our imperfect memories of what they were, which I think helped anyway. Mm-hmm. So then, then sometimes it wouldn't get too close to parodying any specific move. It would just be more kind of a, a general, kind of a general takeoff point from yeah. the go to whatever we did. Uh, does that make sense? Totally. Of course. And I think you really hit at a key time too, where like those movies now are almost, and, and in a good way, uh, almost self-parodying in a way, like they they're so in on the joke, right? And yeah. they kind of do it. It would be hard to do that with modern action movies because they they kind of play into the tropes. Whereas you guys kind of got in right before that. Yeah, it's like you know, the, but I think even back in the day, some of those true are such wonderful comedic lines. <laughs> you know, it's, it would be. Anytime that, like, a, like an "I'll be back" type thing, sure, would would part of it would be stirring this uh, ooh, and then the other part would be like laughter. But it's like a, it's like an inspired laughter. Like, oh, he's gonna go freaking. It's also that funny thing that always happens where everything that's super macho twenty years later is immediately homoerotic <laughs> and so like <laughs> it happens all the time and so it, that is like a formula of time always yes no definitely <laughs> and that that the, the that definitely like i mean all that stuff you're watching top gun in 83 or whatever you're like man these guys are so jacked and oiled up and playing volleyball this is so rad and then 20 years later you're like what's going on in this volleyball pit? <laughs> i always think about when i think about that volleyball scene is just that he get he's late for his date with this woman he really wants to, right. to impress, and then he's he's so late that he just goes straight from his sweaty sweaty volleyball game, puts on a t shirt. Right? He doesn't yeah, I, yeah. shower. Right. He he showers at her house. He goes to her house and immediately walks in. He's like, I need a shower. It's like oh, okay, well, yeah. Does that happen? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's incredible. 
forgot about that. That's the other way I've lost girlfriends mm-hmm. is that move. Right. I always just assume that's what you did. Yeah. <laughs> While Kenny Loggins plays in the back. <laughs> always. always. I wanted to ask a little bit about, about Ryan uh, Philippi in the movie. Something that stuck out to me on this last rewatch was this guy does not crack a smile <laughs> or break the entire time. How did he keep from breaking when you're doing this ridiculous mcgruber stuff you know when it's just you and him on screen his ability to keep a straight face was is actually really impressive he's he is so unflappable he's uh, that guy he did such an amazing job because you know we me and wig are such boobs we <laughs> we just are these crazy characters so so he has that tough job of trying to make us seem somewhat believable. So the way he plays it is just perfect because the whole thing is not going to work without his character. So it's like, I, I, we were so impressed with, with him and we're super excited that, you know, that he, um, you know, the series gets going that, that, uh, yeah, that, you know, he's, he's going to be a part of it too. Great. Uh, I wanted to mention Kristen, you mentioned her, uh, you know, speaking of breaking, she, uh, you know, we got to mention the sex scene. Great. We've said on the show, greatest sex scene in the history of cinema. Scenes. Don't leave out the plural. Scenes uh, in the history of cinema. Um, Like, you know, when you're you're doing your whole thing and she's trying to turn away, was she breaking there and trying (laughs) not to show to the camera is laughing or what was that about? Some of them that was, that might've been the case, but also she was, she was uh, trying to, to, dart from you know various sweat pelting <laughs> and a lot of like hairs were flying all over <laughs> we did it was just it was so gross because it's it's super hot in new mexico and we're up in this attic there are a bunch of lights up there mm. and you can't have fans on while you're filming thing to be crystal clear so i just i i'm a sweater i sweat if i i'm not gonna sweat if i'm like sitting still but the moment i start moving at all i start sweating and that's there was a lot of movement in that scene <laughs> it was her birthday too so she just oh how nice of you give me her <laughs> sweat birthday gift what one of our favorite things also about showing people the movie is is seeing their face for the first time when they, that yeah. scene comes on because because you know what to expect already but seeing their reaction to it is is as funny as the scene itself, seeing people <laughs> react to the scene. Uh, that's been one of our favorite things. And then when he, he, of course he go, he has to go really quick, you know, that's, that's one of the funny things where he's just like, Oh, gotta go. And he immediately leaves <laughs> and goes to the graveyard and it all happens again. It's just, uh, yeah, it's right. gotta be the best, best couple minutes in um, comedy <laughs> history. That's, that's one of my favorite stretches of the movie. I'm uh, so fun to watch that. Uh, it just, uh, so stupid and, uh, <laughs> but the both both Kristen and Maya were it, it was such a bummer for both of them <laughs> Kristen it was her birthday and, and all that's happening Maya was like eight months pregnant and God. she's uh, the, oh man she what a trooper to to sit out there and already she's on this in this very uncomfortable position for anybody, but being eight months pregnant, it's just exponentially worse. Um, so we we 
we would do those scenes. And then for the wide shots, we had a, a, a body double just so she wouldn't have to, uh, you know, be in that uncomfortable position all the time. But that's also kind of weird to be, you know, thrusting your, your, your parts into some person you don't know. <laughs> it was a wonderful sport, and I hope she got hazard pay. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, great, uh, whoever's comedic decision it was, maybe Yorma's, to get that shot of you when it's from the like janitor's point of view, and there's no ghost there, and it's just you standing over a grave <laughs> thrusting. Is that might be my favorite bit? Oh d- yeah, that's that that, <laughs> and then trust the DP. That's his dad who plays the janitor. Oh, that's awesome. To very a uh, little story about that is there was uh, throughout the night because you you we, that was a night shoot that we probably started at I don't know ten o'clock at night or, or eight o'clock at night and go till eight in the morning and we would hear we were in this this weird park that we had set up to look like a cemetery and we just heard this person barfing. <laughs> and we're like, oh, somebody got too drunk and is passed out somewhere. This is, you know, maybe a, a homeless person or something. We felt really bad because you just kept hearing this awful retching. And then, and then we heard that it was that it was Ron, this his dad who had gotten like food poisoning. But oh. Trooper, he stayed on the job. <laughs> and he also had to play this part. So that the look of disgust on his face. <laughs> that he was about to barf anyway. Daniel Day Lewis. I mean he went full in. Yes. Definitely we we already we we had uh definitely planned on that shot uh from the get go. The you know, we wrote that in. I have a lot of family in, in Montana and I go up there in the summer to the lake and stuff and it's a great time and as I always tell people, Montana is Canada's Florida. They all come down there a party at the lake. So I know a ton of Canadians and so I've had my fair share of Molson's around the lake because they bring it down because they can't be bothered with our, you know, our swill American beer. And I wanted to know the story behind the, all the Molson's in the movie because it always makes me laugh. Yorma, that's a Yorma thing. That, and we're all for it. Like, we, we all have our own individual additions. I mean, a lot of them are, are things that the three of us come, come up with together. But for sure, that is, uh, that is definitely a Yorma special. You know, the, the movie's obviously directed really well. Like, that's what we were talking about earlier. That's part of what makes it so funny is that it's so well done. Uh, how involved were you in the edit process? Because some of the stuff that makes me laugh is like when the musical just randomly cut off in the middle of a cue or when the sex scene goes from like the sex scene until it's just like reality. Or that Was that kind of stuff in the script or is that stuff that organically came up in the edit? You know, like um, when you get out of the car and the music cuts off. That's actually the music and the soundtrack, you know, things like that. Um, what, how involved was that in the kind of initial uh, planning of the movie or did it come alive more in the edit? I would say that most of that stuff was probably planned. I mean, there certainly were parts that were that, that, uh, that we figured out later, but definitely like say the, the cut from the, that, awesome black keys song and then when it cuts to rosanna that was definitely in the script and uh you know different different things like that uh you know i we we really did a lot of planning beforehand yorma did an amazing job i mean he's awesome but you know so we we really we really planned for you know we we wrote 
all three of us together for a long time. And then Yorma went to start doing pre-production. John and I did a lot of the rewriting stuff uh, while he was gone. And we would, you know, talk to him on the phone sometimes, but we, you know, we'd be doing that while he was doing pre-production. And and so it was a real team effort. You know, he, then, then when it came time to shoot it, like he was, John's an amazing director too, John Solomon. Mm -hmm. So, so it was basically Yorma uh, directing with John being this awesome uh, source of, of knowledge for him if he needed it, and they'd collaborate together. But Yorma just was so on it, knew exactly what he wanted. And then the three of us really, you know, Yorma went in and did, did a first cut, and then we all went through the Get it together um, for you know a long time. So it was it was a real a real team thing, uh, pretty much all the way through. But we're all movie nerds. I just want to give you credit for this. That we're all movie nerds on this show. That's the whole point of this show is we like to kind of talk pop culture and movies and stuff. And Kent there is a is a accomplished director. He's made a bunch of documentaries on a different Dallas Cowboys figures. He's too modest to say it, but those are some of his movies he's made for the Cowboys in the background and, and all that. But um, yeah, some Barry Switzer content for you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the just total production on this is, is what takes us to the next level. And, and we just, I, that's like the thing I saw Kent when he saw this movie for the first time, like light up on how well made this is. And that's a credit to all you guys. That, that like a lot of the, the aesthetic stuff, uh, Yorma and Brandon together really, did such an amazing job um, that he, he made the look of it. It it was a $10 million budget or yeah. something like that. And it looks so much more expensive than that. Um, you know, they, they did all the stuff. Like I would never know the detaily stuff of wetting down the streets. Yeah. We, it took, we had so little time to make this movie and, and, you know, a third of it was spent waiting to wet down. <laughs> <laughs> also the, the runtime in the movie is what all comedy should be. I want to give you that compliment too. <laughs> the 90 minute runtime, man, you guys nailed that. Yeah. I, you know, it, it's so weird. You just figure out, it just makes sense when you watch it and there's certain things that you lose that you don't want to lose, but it's always a little bit better when you, when you cut it down. And then it's so funny because there's there's the unrated version or whatever that's mm-hmm. hour and it's like an extra five minutes or something. And to me, it's like, oh, don't just watch the original version because the, the it's the unrated version is just filled with a bunch of stuff that we decided to cut out. Yeah, <laughs> we don't want their alternate takes like, oh, that's our second choice. <laughs> <laughs> you do have the line in the alternate that Brian especially loves where you go, I don't want to cheapen it, but we totally rammed. That should have made, I have to say, that should have made the original cut, I think. But if we totally rammed, God, I can't When you're explaining the sex oh, that you and Vicky had made love and you go, I don't want to cheapen it, but we totally, we totally rammed. I just, that's brilliant. Uh, um, proposed to Vicky? Yeah, it's, you're on the mission. You're on the mission with Piper, and it's just like a weird throw. You're about to go up a ladder or something, and you're, you're describing your sex with Vicky, and you go, and then yeah, I don't want to cheapen it, but then we totally ran, and I, that kills me. That you you think that's the polite way to put it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a little more about the character of MacGruber. You know, obviously this started. You know, we read in the Ringer piece that this started as a, an idea from Yorma. 
to do this MacGyver uh, parody. Yep. And and the the comedy of that was in oh you've got all these random objects and you blow up at the end and that's kind of the was the main pitch behind it right yep. when did the the character sort of gain gain the personality of MacGruber because we've said multiple times on our podcast that every like every little twitch that you have you're you are MacGruber in the movie you know it's like you snap your fingers and you you become the personality (laughs) in the way you walk the way your head turns it's it's an incredible transformation but like when did the personality of the character really develop because it feels like the movie was really the first time we actually got to see MacGruber being MacGruber you know full out full on that's a that's a good question because I don't know I mean I I if I think back to the early versions of the sketch, I know it was just trying to, I guess, be a, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know that the real, that, that narcissistic, I don't know was there in the very beginning. I, I think that kind of grew, came something over the second or third iterations of the sketch. I think that was, well, we're huge basketball nerds, so I would just credit that to Charles Barkley. That he gave you great notes. He's the best. But but definitely there was, I don't know that we ever had a real, the, the, the thing was like, I think a lot of the elements of the MacGruber personality were there in the sketch, but then it was once we turned him into like a, you know, the action hero, mm-hmm. real like courageous, <laughs> uh, macho man, you know, trying to deliver the lines, you know, the, the I'll be back mm-hmm. lines. We had a, a bunch of runs in the early going where it was, it, it was trying to, instead of delivering a line, like, you know, Hosbender dead at the age of who the fuck cares. Um, instead of that, it would be like, uh, trying to think of a line and not coming up with. Yeah. Somebody saying what? And it's like, hey, hang on, hang on. It's like, <laughs> think of these and it's like i know i'm almost just give me one more sec and it just we found that it just wasn't as fun as actually doing a dumb version of one of those so even if it was just like fuck you dude (laughs) that was more fun than than just doing a bad job of it Mm -hmm. i mean it's a different style of bad job but but uh yeah talk to us about uh the the scene where you blow up all the WWE guys, because we said on our commentary, that's when you know that this movie is different. It's like, Oh man, this is because you think it's just this parody. Oh, I'm putting together a team. I've got all these macho guys. Now we're, it's just going to be a, a regular parody. Then when you blow them all up, the entire movie takes a, a shift towards you, you know, being such an incompetent person and all that. <laughs> uh, you know, was that like the main idea for the movie? Was it you? It's let's make people think it's a typical team up movie, and then you blow everything up and everything goes awry. Or was that just like a random idea that was kind of thrown in there as as well? It definitely was something that once we once we came up with the idea, we realized, oh, this is a great way to end the first act, and then you shoot into the second act, just having Piper, Vicky, and MacGruber being the team. So it's, it's, I think we, we knew we wanted to do blowing up the, the, the members, but we didn't know exactly how it fit in for a while. And then 
And then now it's, you know, once we figured out, oh, that's where you do this, it's like, oh, shit, it seems like that. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's, it's amazing how, how, how the process works and it just takes a while to, it's a lot of experimenting with different scenes here and there. And, and, and then you finally, some, you know, it could even be just a bunch of scenes that you have in that don't even ultimately make the movie, but somehow lead to the one idea that, that then becomes you know like the thing that where you end your first act on yeah so long ago i don't remember i was all we were when we were writing the movie we were we were not only still going through the snl season but i was going through a breakup at the time and it was just tough but now you get to talk about it 10 years later you have a dog and a fiance so i mean again eat it box office two dogs what the uh well, we'll get you out of here on this, Will. We we really appreciate you coming on and talking to us. This has been great. Um, we, I'm, I apologize. I feel like I'm uh, uh, my my brain is is uh, a little mushy. I, I quit nicotine gum a while ago. Today would be a good day to have it. Gives you the clarity. <laughs> Anti nicotine ads. I don't want to push against those. Oh man, they've really upped the game on anti-nicotine ads. It's uh, they're really speaking to the kids with the vaping. That would be a funny bit to have McGruber just do a Chantix ad. And (laughs) great, it's never, yeah, just like Leota, but it's never mentioned, or it's just you in the thing, and it's never mentioned that it's McGruber, and it's just you don't say anything. It's just like you in the bathtub on a hill or whatever. And I haven't the Leota. Chantix. Oh, it's good. It's the I see the one with the weird turkey. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that one's weird too. I think they pulled the Leota ad because it was uh, it was pretty creepy. Yeah, the Leota <laughs> one. He's really full method, like straight up. Yeah. Ooh, I'm gonna have to watch that again. YouTube it. It's great. We gotta get you out of here on this. We always talk about uh, on the show. People email us ideas for uh, you know MacGruber related properties right maybe sequels maybe episodes of the tv show prequels whatever so i wanted to run some of these by you uh we already mentioned joining fast what about mcgruber joining the expendables where it's like stallone schwarzenegger mcgruber i I tell you like like that that is it's really funny because before the expendables came out i had an idea that was it was kind of like the expend. Well, it was the Expendables. <laughs> it wasn't anything I ever wrote up. Like nobody ever stole the idea from sure. me. Sure, something that other people had as well. But it was. Uh, uh, so yes, I mean for sure, I I love it. I love it. I don't know if they would ever take us. Uh, MacGyver, <laughs> have have MacGyver and. Oh, there you go. There you go. What about uh, a prequel series where we actually see your? your multiple tours in Angola and you winning all the purple hearts and stuff like that, but you're the same age you are now. It's not <laughs> like they de-age you. You're just constantly the same MacGruber through it all. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, by the way, the, the, the new stuff coming out, uh, uh, if, if, if it is to come out, fingers sure. Crossed. We're all knocking on all available wood. Mm-hmm. There is definitely, you will learn a little bit more about MacGruber's, past oh man um for sure it wouldn't it certainly wouldn't take away from like you could definitely do 
a a prequel uh, still. Like it's not gonna. There's still chunks uh, that are unexplored of his life. Basically, yeah, we we should shoot the early stuff later. It'll be like a Benjamin Button. So. <laughs> yeah, that or just you know get that. That I think the Irishman was pretty cheap. All that de aging. I heard it was that was only it was only like two hundred mil. You guys can get that if you get Peacock's got money. They're throwing around. That stuff is so interesting. <laughs> yeah, I know it's crazy, right? Couple couple more here. Um, I, how about U five seven KFBR three nine two, where it's you on a submarine. It's MacGruber student doing one of those old '90s submarine movies. I love that. <laughs> Start writing these up, okay? All right. Hey, you're free Wait, to use these. Yeah, we won't charge you. Submarine is. I watched Hunt for Red October the other night. That would be a great yeah. MacGruber. Do you know what? I have never seen Hunt for Red October, and <laughs> movie that uh, that I have on my computer. Oh, I've I've had it on there for. Probably ten years. Um, it couldn't be ten years. I haven't had this computer, but five five years, and I'm definitely going to watch that. And but yeah, uh, MacGruber in a submarine. It, it sounds fantastic. I would. It seems like an element that would be awesome. It, it, I I don't know that we would do a full uh, movie or something. Could be a bottle episode. Claustrophobic. Wait, did they do an, in Hunt for Red October? Mm-hmm. Were they sub the entire time? No, he. But the second, the full second act. Um, there's, there's. They once Baldwin gets on the sub, and how they get him on there is a little nebulous. But you know, it was the eighties. You know, it was a whole different time. Wait, how is Das Boot? Das Boot. Das Boot. <laughs> there was a lot of under siege. There was. Uh, yeah. Down Periscope, like a lot of submarine-related, yeah. Crimson Tide, a lot of submarine content coming right. out in those years for some reason. People I think someone really built a really kick-ass submarine set and was selling it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was <laughs> Harris, Renting actually. it out. Yeah. yeah. The last last idea I have for you is is maybe like a kind of an Eddie Murphy thing. Um, you've seen Batman v Superman, right? So how about MacGruber v The Falconer? And you're playing both parts. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh wow! Who wins? Yeah, who wins? I think the 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 Falcon. Yeah, the Falcon wins. You're, it's correct. Yeah, I I I mean that sounds pretty. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. It's it's so funny because this we we we've kind of against all odds had the opportunity to do this as a sketch and then a movie. Uh, knock wood that we'll get to do the ser- the TV series. So you're saying Broadway? Talked. Before, or I don't know if John and Norma are into this, but I thought it would be so fun to then at some point do an animated version of it and then go from that to a a, uh, a sitcom version of it. <laughs> the other one you can do... MacGruber on Ice. Yeah, MacGruber on Ice. <laughs> you get you get a touring company on ice. You can go for the EGOT, but only MacGruber related. <laughs> yeah, that- MacGruber EGOT. Yeah. Do you guys watch uh, Beef House? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, Tim Heidecker. Uh, that that's a great. You need to make an appearance on that. Yeah. I love those guys so much. I but but I for some reason uh, uh, had not seen it, and then I I tore through it uh, uh, the other day. It's so funny. Yeah, it's the perfect parody for uh, for sitcoms. <laughs> that is that is uh, definitely right. Well, well, thank you so much for being here. Um, yeah, round of applause for Mr. Will Forte. 
can't thank you enough for for your support of MacGruber. I said it in the beginning, but I want to say it again. That it's it, please uh, would love to come back on because I I I feel like uh, we should get John and Yorma on here too. Would love to have him. And if Ryan, you know, just get whoever we can. I I feel I feel bad. I've been uh, just running around doing too much suffer. I would have, uh, but but I could next time I could. I can, we can wrangle up a whole group, so you, you don't just have. Well, okay. yeah, not, if you're not interested. No, thank you. <laughs> Hard pass. Everyone, but no, it's cool. Get the no. guys to pick our brains about U five seven KFBR. Yeah, the pre the prequel series in Granada. That's yeah. That really. I yeah. Think that's, yeah, you could that's, get haters um, puppet character guy as part of the crew <laughs> right. that went to Granada. I mean, there's a lot of options there. Exactly. Well, uh, yeah, well, maybe we'll have you on again whenever the show comes out. We'll yeah, I would love to. Anytime. Oh, Promote it. Hopefully we'll hear something soon. Uh, uh, and, and and we would love to talk about it if uh, if if uh, if you'd like. We'd love to have you. Well, we thought we'd catch you during the quarantine because we know you're super busy and you'll be working again very soon, hopefully. Thank you so much again, Will. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening. You can find us at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Please subscribe, leave us five stars, and uh, see us on social media at Mad About Movies. We'll see you at the cinema soon. Goodbye.